From coast to coast across America, it's the U.S. Property Podcast with the latest real estate news, interviews, and market trends. And welcome back to the U.S. Property Podcast as we focus on the very latest real estate news, property news from around the country. Of course, we are talking trends, forecasts, and predictions and we're doing that coast to coast, available to you on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as Amazon. Well, let's have a look at some of the numbers this morning. In January, existing home sales, now they climbed 3.1% to 4 million, though down 1.7% from last year. However, rates remain higher year over year, challenging affordability, and that has been a bit of a problem over the last two years. Housing inventory, now that grew 2% monthly and 3.1% annually, hitting 1.01 million homes. Now that is representing a three-month supply at the moment. And let's have a look at the median home prices, which rose 5.1% to just over 379000 and bidding wars still prevalent. New home sales, now that grew 1.5% in January, reflecting a slowdown tied to rising rates. But despite rising rates, builder sentiment improved, anticipating Fed rate cuts in 2024. And while the challenges persist, I think it's fair to say that housing is expected to stabilise rather than sharply decline. So there's just a few of the numbers coming out from January and some good, some bad, some indifferent. And I guess that's the year that we are going to be in for 2020. 24. Well, this morning we are catching up with J.P. Montevon from the Capital Estate Group in Washington, D.C. to take a look at the D.C. market once again. And good morning, J.P. Welcome to the U.S. Property Podcast. Great to have you on. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So you have been doing the real estate for, you were saying, around 21 years. So you would have seen a few price uh, cycles in that time. Absolutely. Boy, it was, uh, it's, been a, it's been a run over the last few years and, of course, uh, a, real, uh, a real hard one back in the Great Recession of 2008. You kind of present, I think, a bit of a triangle there with Maryland and Virginia. Absolutely. That's right. We we make up what is almost a tri-state area. D.C. is not a state. It's a it's a city, a, a district of Columbia. Maryland and Virginia are close in suburbs, so big chunks and a very active market. And JP, it sounds like you've got a very full plate. You're getting married soon. You've got a baby on the way. You're into your spin cycle instructions. You're into a bit of Tai Chi boxing. Yeah, full plate, isn't it for you? Yeah, it keeps me uh, keeps me on the streets, as they you know. Some people stay off the streets. I need to stay on the streets. So that is an active life and a good one. You know, as far as uh, fitness is concerned, we've got this whole thing where real estate agents, a lot of them, they get out of bed at 4.30 and they're in the gym by 5. I find this a little bit odd, a little bit strange for me, but it's a, it's a real thing, isn't it? I think they call it the 5 o'clock club. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it depends on the day, of course. I tend to be a bit more of a night owl, so which you'll you'll see me uh, doing my workouts uh, occasionally in the morning, more in the evening, so that it can power me through whether it's family time or real estate work late into the evening. So I'm not a stranger to a uh, midnight or or one a.m. workload. We have a lot of real estate agents that listen to the podcast. And I think the fitness side of it, it actually keeps the energy going throughout the day because if you're not fit, it actually it actually plays a significant part in terms of you know just how you operate. Absolutely, I, the, the energy that's needed for the for a work role, which really is a is a seven day a week role. Even though uh, my team will help me here and there, it's uh, it, there is no off time. There is no off switch for real estate. The market is always moving. Now, as mentioned, you are the principal there. So, how big is your team? So, our team is uh, is nine. Uh, we have our main presence here in DC, although we do have a presence in Miami as well. We're working uh, again the tri-state area, so it's uh, it's a pretty wide region. We cover just about it all. Now, following a, a series of mortgage rate hikes uh, starting, well, I guess all the way back uh, to March of 2022 now, the D.C. area housing market did see a slowdown as buyers waited for lower rates, reduced prices and increased inventory due to rising interest rates of 2023. It seems like a long time ago when you think back to the, the rate hikes starting back in March of 2022. And that's just all sort of played out in terms of what happened last year in the market. Absolutely. Historic uh, rapid rate of increase in, in mortgage rates. We've never seen a period of time where interest rates grew so quickly. Uh, we went from mid to high twos, let's say, all the way up to 8%. And uh, we've settled, uh, we've seen uh, declining interest rates now in 2024 we're closer to, to uh, high sixes, which uh, which is way off the highs. And if the Washington area's uh, monthly listings uh, decreased by nearly 30% compared to the previous year, they are saying a 1.33 month supply of housing in DC. I think that was towards the end of last year, 2023. And the mid-Atlantic region has a slightly better inventory at 1.52 months. So can you talk to that just in terms of the supply? Supply in the market. Absolutely. Bottom line, there are no homes or very few homes to buy. It is a very, very tough market for home buyers out there. Uh, there are pockets, uh, of course, that we'll talk about of opportunity, but really overall across the market, it's been tough. Uh, we've seen people stay in, uh, and that doesn't mean just taking the the winter to uh, to hunker down and cocoon. It means that they are staying in their homes. They're not moving. They've got great interest rates from refinancing their homes in the uh, low interest rate environment that led up to 2022. And now they don't want to move. They've got a great rate. They've got a great mortgage. They've got low mortgage payments. And the thought of moving and taking on a higher interest rate is not something they are interested in. So that means fewer sellers, fewer homes for sale. 
Now, you mentioned that you've been in the game of real estate for 21 years. Just in terms of refinancing, this has been a real thing for particularly the last couple of years where a lot of the time people would just sit and sort of forget about it, but you can't in this market. You have to look to refinancing. And last year, 2023, very huge in terms of the number of people People who were doing that. Absolutely. It's taken a lot of people off the market and, and sitting again in their homes, staying in. It's people, the, the vast majority, I believe the most recent statistics are that about 80% of people have mortgage rates uh, below 4%. And that just means people are are unwilling, just not wanting to move. Why would you move when you have, uh, when you have rates and a mortgage payment that's that low? And the median housing price in the D.C. region, they have risen with Fairfax City, Fairfax County and Frederick County showing notable increases, ranging anywhere between, I think, last year 7.8% to 9.1% year on year. Absolutely. And what happens is there, there's the thought out there that as the Federal Reserve raised interest rates and as mortgage rates followed in lockstep, that the market would cool and that we would see longer, more home inventory, fewer buyers, and that the market would cool and sellers would be desperate to sell. But what we've seen actually is we've seen buyers looking at fewer homes because fewer sellers are are, are selling. So if we've got sure, if we have fewer buyers because of interest rates, but we also have fewer sellers in lockstep, then that means we have fewer listings, but it's still a very competitive market. And a very competitive market means that prices tend to go up. Yeah, the housing market by some people has been termed somewhat dysfunctional due to exactly what you're talking about. Fewer buyers, higher interest rates and limited inventory making sellers just really hesitant to sell. So let's have a look at the median price growth for condos in the region. Now that has remained modest, up only 1.1% year on year as of of last year. So what would you be expecting in 2024 around the condos in the region? Yeah, and that that would be an area of opportunity. The condo market historically grows more slowly than the townhouse or single family detached house market. So if you're if you're a home buyer and you're looking for or have a client who's a home buyer and looking for their first home in a condo may be a very good opportunity. Slower growth, but a great alternative to renting so that you're not paying someone else's mortgage, you're paying your own mortgage. I see condos continuing to grow, but again, at slower rates. It's dysfunctional in the condo market, essentially, and, and has been since the pandemic, because people want more space and they want more outdoor space rather than building space. So I'd like to sometimes think of it as there's this pandemic hangover that we haven't really recovered from and 
a couple of aspirin is not going to make the hangover go away. Yeah. And I want to talk about the the first time buyers who listen to the podcast because the ability to pay cash is advantageous in a market with rising prices and low inventory that you talk about. Almost a quarter of residential properties in the DC area were bought entirely with cash. And that really does put first time buyers without uh, resources at a major disadvantage in the market. Absolutely. Cash is king and always has been and always will be uh, because a cash buyer today, especially with mortgage interest rates being where they are, is looking at a really no mortgage payment. Their, their, their costs are different. So they're looking at it can, can likely put a little bit more into a contract offer as it relates to the overall sales price, then can a person who is buying with a mortgage. So what do you do as a first time home buyer? Well, there are still opportunities for you. Again, condos could offer these opportunities. And if you're competing, as long as you've got a great agent that's helping you strategize around making the terms of your offer more competitive, there still are great opportunities. So even though cash is king, Uh, financing deals do win the day with the right type of offer. All right. Well, we'll leave it there, JP. Great to catch up with you this morning on the US Property Podcast and find out a little bit about what you're doing in Washington, D.C. We will talk again. Enjoy your day and enjoy the spin cycle classes. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me and uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. While we can't predict the future of the real estate market, we can provide you with insights on what's currently trending. It's powerful information at your fingertips on the U.S. Property Podcast. So let's have a look at the Jacksonville, Florida median sales price, which I think is hovering around that 384k mark, is it? Yes, correct. Yeah, and you're looking at an average about a two, $210 per square foot. And I don't see that going down at all. The construction costs to build a new home went up, skyrocketed in COVID, and they leveled out some, but they're not going down. But yeah, but that's about average. And I think affordability is here to stay, affordability issue. And we're just going to see a slow, thankfully steady Um, Again, nobody likes crazy. We have some stability, but steady increase in in values. From powerful and up-to-date news to professional real estate experts with the latest property trends, know your property with the U.S. Property Podcast.